1: And welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Rampage but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Pay per views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestler culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to a. Slightly highly anticipated episode of AEW Rampage tonight. First episode last week, what did you make of it? I loved the one-hour aspect of it all. I love the one-hour aspect of it too. Um, I don't like the immediate
2: impulsive take of, well, Dynamite's too long in comparison to that. (laughs) It's like, no, a two-hour show can be good, but also a one-hour show can be absolutely fantastic. There was none of the second-hour SAG, which Mm -hmm. has, in fact, become a problem. And it didn't feel like this dry... Oh, here's some three matches. Mm. I like a nice, potent cocktail on my episodic pro wrestling television. I like matches. I like promos. I like angles. I like a great version of all three of those things. You're getting a match-heavy show on Rampage, but the matches get juice from Mm. the angles on Dynamite. So it doesn't feel like matches for the sake of matches, which will get tiresome. If they can continue to effectively build the anticipation for those matches on Rampage, perfect. What a perfect show.
1: It's the first dance tonight Yes, in Chicago. It's a surreal thing to be previewing a show with three matches, three exciting matches, which we will talk about, of course, in due course. But in reality, anyone watching this show is watching something that's not been advertised, aren't they? Indeed, they are watching
2: it in rapt anticipation, built via an incredible viral marketing campaign. And we, and by we, I mean myself, Adam Wilborn, and the other daddy boy, Michael Hamflick, go into far greater depth on this, on um, a podcast that hit your feeds yesterday. If you somehow missed it, I recommend um, Mm. going to um, listen to that immediately after this one. What else are you going to do? So I'll just summarize briefly for those who have listened to it. CM Punk has signed with AEW. There is not a chance in hell that there's any kind of handshake agreement. He has signed on the dotted line. He will be there, and he only won't be there if some kind of unthinkably horrible pandemic-related reason like, forbids him from being there. Um, surely they've wrapped the lad up in cotton wool. Mm. To use a bit of a football idiom there, surely they've <laughs> wrapped the lad up in cotton wool ahead of this big uh, showdown. Yep, CM Punk is all elite. Like, I can't wait to see the graphic. As much as the actual appearance, which I'll very briefly give my thoughts on how that's going to go. But I just can't wait for the graphic. As soon as that show's finished, CM Punk's all elite. Hopefully Jeff doesn't bugger it up, as he's sometimes prone to do. Um, But yeah, that's going to be great. CM Punk's going to be there. And at this point, looking at the structure of the card you might not even get a promo from him. And Mm. I don't think I've got an issue with that. I think people have paid money for the pop, Mm. for the moment, for the groundbreaking historical moment. Like CM Punk was so on the outs with professional wrestling as an industry that he severed several close friendships that merely reminded him of it. So this is unthinkable, but think about it. Love it. It's happening. Uh, Very briefly, and I want to see how you want to do it, because I don't think I can remember what your idea was if you had one yesterday. But for me... Moxley Garcia, main event. And if you look at how Tony Khan books, he likes to do stable-based, association-based storytelling, and all of these moving parts of the stables and the associations converge to these great angles. So consistent with Tony Khan's booking approach, I think, Moxley goes over Garcia in the main event. Garcia's allies, 2.0, beat Moxley down in tandem with Garcia at the close of the main event. This draws out Moxley's associates, Eddie Kingston, and more recently, Sting and Darby Allen, but then you realize that's four-on-three. Mm-hmm. They don't do four-on-three babyface beatdowns because it's not NXT war games. They grasp <laughs> psychology in this company. So when Kingston and Sting and Moxley thwart these promising prospects slash wonderful goobers,
0: hmm.
2: Darby Allen will realize, I'm not needed here. I'm going to stay in the ring. I'm going to look. I'm going to have my back to the tunnels as I watch the brawl sprawl out into the crowd. And then I'm going to stay in the ring. The is going to hit. Oh my God, we've seen hints with Darby Allen and CM Punk. This is the moment, this is the moment. The crowd are going to go absolutely banana. Darby Allen's going to slowly turn around. He's going to face the entrance tunnels. And then Sirius by the Alan Parsons project is going to hit. As I said yesterday, prog rock for a punk rocker. Doesn't work, but it's wrestling, so it does. And then the transmission, breakup, cult of personality. One of, if not the all-time mega pops in pro wrestling history. God damn it. I hope you've wrapped them in cotton wool because this is going to be an, a pop for the ages. Might be the loudest a pro wrestling arena has ever sounded.
1: It is uh, so exciting to anticipate all this. It is something that is, you know, we're discussing in the office. We're going to be doing a live stream. Uh, Andy and Ben Royer will be live streaming their reactions to Rampage. And uh, that's like 3 a.m. UK time. And we're talking about whether you set an alarm or whether you watch Smackdown before or whether you have a nap in the afternoon. It is it is sort of a point, it's appointment television. It's exactly what it is. I genuinely don't think I could book it better than what you've suggested. I love that suggestion because, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. As much as I love MJF and I particularly love him boiling AW fans piss, I wouldn't do the fake out call of personality because I think a lot of people have, have said that and I, I even read some this morning and they said like oh, here's what you do you do call personality out comes MJF loads of heat and then call personality and it's actually CM Punk I just think as you said it waters down the pop that is going to be it's going to blow the roof off the place it's mad to think you know what how long ago it would have been 18 months ago you know when we were sat here and we were you know we enjoyed the pops at Wrestlemania for example or at, you know when they eventually had fans back for AEW shows regularly and things like that it's 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 like you say it's going to be in that top 10 biggest pops ever top 5 at a minimum yeah. for me it's going to be ridiculous and i don't think i could book it better it, it's literally going to be the second biggest signing of AEW's Week After 2.0 so yeah yeah absolutely
2: i um, i can't disagree with that and here's another thing i think people have expressed concern that if they do not deliver punk in the very first segment just Dynamite, uh, sorry, Rampage kicks off. They run through the card and then... Yeah. cult of personality hits. I think if this doesn't happen, people are expressing concerns that they'll just chancy and punk throughout and dump on the show. Like, no, they know it's happening. Mm. They've loved luxuriating in the anticipation of it potentially actually happening. And they're just a kind of lot. You don't get what chance on an AEW show. No. You've, the only time I've seen a guy they've wanted to position as a top star, get rejected and get CM Punk chance, was on Dynamite the other week, and Christian Cage shut them down immediately with a fantastic line. That's the only time I can recall fans not playing along. And realistically, considering the choice of opener, this is going to be a nice little segue, uh, to start the show, I can't see them dumping on the guy. I expect to actually come out first.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. It's, it's one of those where... I know it's Chicago, I know it's CM Punk, but it's not like if he doesn't come out at the beginning of the show, it's not happening. It's not them rejecting, you know, the Royal Rumble or whatever, you know, and anything like that. It is just a case of, we all know that it's probably going to be in the main event. It isn't going to be, you know, heading into an ad break or something. It's going to, you're going to close the show with it. Probably. Or they could open it. I mean, it's not out of the realms of possibility, but I would anticipate, as you suggested yesterday as well, that it will be at the close of the show because what what a hell of a sign off and you know Excalibur shouting about, join us on Dynamite for more fallout from that. I mean, it's the perfect lead-in and, and, and what have you. Let's start with some of the matches, uh, though, on the show tonight. It's the first round, or I should say first round, it's the semi-finals of that AEW Tag Team Eliminator tournament to see who will face the Young Bucks inside a steel cage All Out. And it's a team that they just faced uh, going up against Private Party, Jurassic Express. And yeah, you alluded to it there, but Jungle Boy out first?
2: I'll put Jungle Boy out first. No one's going to boo Jungle Boy for not being CM Punk. (laughs) These people know what they bought a ticket for, and it was a promise. They are not going to think, right, okay, well, this sucks. uh, They're a nicer (laughs) set of fans than most in North America. And look, when that show hits, you're going to hear 15,000 rabid fans chant the name of CM Punk. When Baltimore hits, they're not going to go, boo, It's Jungle Boy. That song's awesome. It's the perfect guy to extinguish the mere threat of any kind of rejection. So, yes, Jungle Boy's the perfect guy to come out first. Luchasaurus is still, like, massively over. I think people have accepted that this is his lot, but he's still a really entertaining figure. I actually have a few concerns about this particular match. If you recall, we've seen Private Party and Jurassic Express interact in a 10-man tag on Dynamite earlier this year. And it was sloppy as all hell. Mm. Um, It really wasn't great. It was Indie-rific in the extreme. But you just have to think that this is the biggest crowd in AEW history. One of the loudest cities in pro wrestling history. After or like during a pandemic, people really want to make noise for it. I think that they will feed off that reaction. And even if it's like an uneven or slightly flawed match it'll still get massively over. Um, Jurassic Express will go over. Mm-hmm. Um, the Private Party are heels. I expect an all-face final. And I think it'll be really, really strong. Private Party have done well, I think, in the heel role after doing a few sloppy performances when they turn face. And to be honest, I don't get booked anywhere near enough for me to be completely assured of the fact. And as I said, there's still that match from that dynamite. That makes me think, oh, Christ, There's still a lot of greenness in that ring, but I expect it to be a total crowd pleaser. I expect it to be a banger and just a perfect start to a show, get everyone in a celebratory atmosphere. And what better way to do that than have two beloved cult figures, do loads of mad athletic things.
1: Yeah, I've got to agree. Jurassic Express goes over. I think Jurassic Express, we are assuming versus Lucha Bros in the final would be a hell of a eliminator and Still slightly unpredictable. We were assuming Lucha Bros, but there's, a, there's an argument you made. You made it on the Dynamite review just the other day that, well, yeah, Jurassic Express could easily be put back into that match because the, the whole point of a cage is to keep people out. Indeed, it feeds into
2: the story if, in fact, Jurassic Express win. And I don't know why I've got football in my head. So it's, it's, it should be either basketball or wrestling <laughs> on the first dance, and some I've got football in my head. But to use another football analogy, soccer what I'm talking about. Yeah. To use a football analogy, it's what I would call a nice selection headache. Mm. Like having two similar players, but one position that sort of um, fits them into the system. You've either got the crowd-pleasing favorites in Jurassic Express, the sentimental favorites, who, given the angle that we saw, got screwed and realistically, under the parameters of the storyline, they should be like going through. But then you've also got like, the most exhilarating tag team in the world, not named the Young Bucks, against the most exhilarating tag team in the world in a ridiculous stipulation that you can imagine they'd love playing with. Nice problem to have, but that's a story for another preview.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
1: Before we get to the main event, which you are, as, as you say, assuming is going to be Moxley versus Garcia, uh, the layout of Rampage is sort of similar to, to last week in terms of, like you say, you have this, uh, we assume, huge boy-popping opener. And then, effectively, a squash. That's what Jade Cargill previewed. You know, last week we had Miro versus Fuego Del Sol. This week we've got Jade Cargill versus Keir Hogan. I'm very excited to see Jade Cargill back on uh, back on AWTV. And I hope, I keep pitching her as this winner of the Casino Battle Royal at All Out, I hope this is the, the first step on the road to a potential title match for her. Because just look at her. I mean, in terms of, like you say, casual fans tuning in for CM Punk, they see... A, what, you know, guys like Private Party and Jurassic Express, and particularly like the reaction to Jungle Boy, you see that, you're like, well, what's all this about? You know, in terms of hooking people, and you've got Moxie in the main event, and Daniel Gossie, who's phenomenally talented. And then you just need to show someone Jade Cargill, and they're like, what's going on here? Because I think a lot of people, if they dipped out of wrestling five, ten years ago, their preconceptions about female wrestlers, yes. or divas, if you want to even go for that far back, would be shattered just by Jay Cargill walking out.
2: Absolutely. The only reservations I have ahead of this match, and I'm not gonna be a Debbie Downer because I think the main event's gonna be awesome, but just permit my cynicism and my balance very, very quickly. Um Jade Cargill had a shocker in like a two-minute match on Dark the other week. Really quite, like, how have you managed to do that in that amount of time? So this is a bit of a big risk. I don't expect it to be challenged. And, you know, she's came through a challenge in a singles match with Red Velvet on Dynamite. That was really underrated and overlooked, but that's the strength of the program in general. This is interesting because Kira Hogan has arrived, has decided herself not to resign with Impact. She is a prospect, so one would expect her to get at least one or two hope spots here. Mm-hmm. Shows tremendous fire, very raw, much like Cargill, which again um, invites further risk of something not great happening. Look, keep this one simple. I'd have no complaints if it followed the exact same template as Miro Fuego saw last week. Like, a baby face who's no match for the heel, but has the spirit to threaten to match it for a brief period. Keep it tight. Don't go too ambitious. Get one person over. Put another person over. I had an idea for this, and it's literally just popped into my head right mm-hmm. now. It's very basketball stuff. This first dance—it's very Chicago sports hero stuff. They should have Shaq <sighs> like go in the ring alongside Jade Cargill in building that main event. Because as we mentioned on the um, the CM Punk specific podcast yesterday, if he's not appearing first again, just to dampen any threat of you know defiance, they should just tease him like go to sleep teasers, Pepsi plunge teasers. Like someone can do the hand gesture, like someone from private party should do the hand gesture before they get their uh, near fall spot on Jurassic Express. If you have Shaq talk about how the Lakers had a much better legacy than the Bulls did, and then because the Lakers, as I understand it, were class in the 2000s, they were basically the Bulls mm-hmm. of the 2000s um, to what the Bulls were in the 90s. If you say that, yeah. We didn't get the six. I think they only got the five rings as a, as a franchise. Yeah, we didn't get the six rings, but, you know, competition was better, apart from the Bulls, of course, mm-hmm. which completely dismantled as a franchise <laughs> as soon as your beloved Michael Jordan left. That would tie beautifully into the theme. Mm-hmm. We know that Shaq
1: and Cargill are friends.
2: Ah, I'm going to be pissed off if this doesn't happen now.
1: I, I'll counter that by saying, uh, you could. If if that's not possible, it's really simple to get... Mark Sterling on the mic post match put her over and say we've done this new collaboration with blah blah blah, and that's because Jay Cargill is the best in the world. Just simple stuff like yeah, that, and yeah. you like you say, just more more and more breadcrumbs for, for for fans, even though we all know where this night is heading and where it is concluding is of course uh, that main event. We assume John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia. Uh, Murray has been singing Daniel Garcia's praises for quite some time now. When he first popped up. Uh, you know, for me on Dynamite or ahead of Dynamite and was teaming with 2.0, uh, he he and yourself said he's one to watch out for. And what a showcase this is going to be, although not a good time to be Daniel Garcia because Moxley seems mightily pissed off right about now. Yeah, he seems incredibly pissed
2: off. I'm bang up for this as a main event. And even if it's got like kind of a dark elevation quality, it is one of the better dark elevation matches. And, you know, it doesn't need a flagship match to sell this show. We know what's selling the show. Um, yeah, Garcia rules. John Moxley's in a pissed off mood. And this is what I love about this company in general. If there's any kind of thing that I'm not quite getting enough of or any of, or if there's one mistake that they make, they will always correct the mistake. They will always give, give me something I didn't know I wanted, like Eugene Agata or 2.0, these incredible blasts of fan service. I'm not a big grapple fan guy mm-hmm. i love great technical wrestling but i don't like indulgent grapple and i don't think daniel garcia is i think he's got more range as a performer but for a while i was campaigning of when i was watching and thatcher on nxt i was thinking oh, i'd love some of that energy in aew right now it's one of the few things that the is board buffy of a show doesn't have and in walks daniel garcia to give me <laughs> precisely that i expect this match to be hard-hitting brutal um moxie can grapple i think you'll enjoy loving grappling with garcia garcia is so great at little details like he had a match with matt Sydal on dark and or elevation like another just 30 minute bonus content that they dropped on youtube last night and just the little things when matt Sydal was doing a drop down he jumped over him and then thought, "Oh, he's lying down. I could stamp him in the head." Mm. Like he's so great at making it feel like an unvarnished strategic scrap. Great grappler, great striker. Makes it feel like a fight. He's got this really great, mean, nasty disposition about him that John Oxley has in abundance as well. I expect this to be a total, a low-key banger, elevated by that crowd. This should be an awesome main event. And we've already talked about the angle that I think stems from it. If they're not doing that angle, I don't know what they're doing. And that's part of the joy. Mm. You just don't know. You think you know. You think you really know. But they've done such a great job, as we mentioned. MJF's teased it. Darby Allen's teased it. Kenny Omega's teased it. Moxley's teased it. Moxley teased it explicitly. Like It felt like he wasn't cutting a promo on Garcia. Mm -hmm. He was cutting a promo on an incoming CM Punk. Does that mean the Darby Allen match isn't happening? If that's the case, why did Darby Allen why was Darby Allen described in the in the voiceover of the dynamo, of the rampage mm-hmm. preview as nearly becoming the best in the world? It's all just so tantalizing and I don't want to do any more work for the day. <laughs> Even in a dream job, because I just want the show to be here right now. And I think that speaks to what a wonderful job they've done of treating the fans intelligence with such respect that they just allowed them to live in basically no hyperbole like a month-long dream if you like yeah
1: yeah it's it's you know they very cleverly whether you you believe that they orchestrated it or not but they put the the news the news came out and like you say it's been this slow not necessarily realization but slow sort of acceptance almost of like it guys it's, it's actually happening you know and it isn't you know, were they going to cut their legs out from under the last second? Aside from like, say, worst worst case scenario sort of things. I mean, it'll it, be intriguing to see what happens. Like you say, if Moxley Garcia opens the show, and then suddenly our world's turned upside down. But that's also the fun of all of this. And I will say, obviously, Moxley. We, we assume Moxley goes over, Um, but uh, it's the it's the, it's the match, it's the crowd, and it's also two who are just you know jaw jacking with the crowd, with the ref, with Moxley. You just know exactly how this one's going to play out. So we're going to be very exciting. Finally, I, I want to try to uh, try to avoid too much WWE, AEW stuff, as always. <laughs> but WWE, this week, did the old ex-boyfriend. I'm not bothered. I'm not even bothered. So not not. I've got you know, new people I like anyway now, so I've moved on. Do you think there's any way... I mean, I'm not going to say... I, I've said, I've written here, will WWE try to counter-program? I sincerely doubt they're going to go, well, one more hour of SmackDown tonight or something. <laughs> but do you sense that they're going to... Uh, react to this or in advance of this, perhaps? I don't know what moves they've got
2: left in that company. They've already brought back Goldberg. They've already brought brought back John Cena. Do they... They've got one thing left, and that's Becky Lynch. Do they bring back Becky Lynch? And I don't think they do, to be honest. I think that happens at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Do they bring it forward just to dampen the hype? Or are they self-aware enough to realise, hang on, we are going to indirectly make people resent or be underwhelmed by Becky Lynch because, I mean, people love Becky Lynch. She's a massive star, but at the same time, it's like, no one's going to care about Becky Lynch if, in fact, this rampage is executed as well as we think it's going to be. Why throw her to the wolves just to be petty? When those words come out of my mouth, (laughs) the answer follows, oh, because Vince McMahon. Mm Mm-hmm. Can't see it happening. That's the only move they've got left. They will bury it implicitly by doing it. Um the thing is, like, I know Roman Reigns and CM Punk have been working, but Roman Reigns must know that CM Punk did a lot for him mm. when he was in the shield. Um, John Cena and CM Punk have a lot of professional respect. Um, And they both have power in WWE. If there was any rumblings of Vince McMahon, like spoiling the surprise, Eric Bischoff 1996 style, I don't think they would go for it. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't think they would go for it. And look, the lessons learned from Chris Jericho appearing on Broken Skull Sessions, surely they've been absorbed. Like, they got a lot of publicity on the back of that. Why advertise the competition? I just can't see it happening. They've got no moves to make. And... They've got people, they've got wrestlers, talent, in positions of power to just say, I'm not going along with any kind of undermining scheme. And I don't think Becky Lynch should be having it. It's like, well, no. Mm. Like, she's got power as well. Like, she'll have persuasive powers to just rebook any kind of bad creative idea and debuting or returning, rather, ahead of something much more seismic. Like, she's a businesswoman. She's not going to say, all right, okay, Vince, I'll do whatever you want. She'll say, "No, no one's going to give it a toss. Why waste it then? They've got no moves to play, and they don't have the appetite
1: among those who could potentially play them." I just love the idea of Reigns beating up a jobber called Phil Brooks on SmackDown. I, I genuinely could see that happening a hundred percent because they're so bloody. The
2: Heyman's there as well. Like you know, I mean, Heyman's a massive, ardent CM Punk guy. you imagine they still chat, and they like Heyman might say to Punk. You know I'll give you some free advertising if I bury you. Something like that might happen, but it's all Carney's, Carnian and, and Brotherin. And nothing seismic they've gotten out left. It's in the mud.
1: <laughs> It is a great weekend to be a wrestling fan, though. So much to to look forward to and enjoy this weekend. But let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Rampage tonight uh, on Twitter at watch well, They can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M um, Sidgwick and follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWW and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you podcast from the daily wrestling podcast, and join Andy and Ben Roy for our Rampage live stream tonight on the YouTube channel. Of course, uh, we'll be dealing with all the fallout from this in the coming days. It's it's busy time. Give us time. We'll, we'll get around to all of it, I promise. Uh, but for now, this has been the AEW Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon